You are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. And so sometimes we can become cruise ship type Christians where we think, all right, I like this church because I like the music or I like this church because the preacher doesn't preach too long or they have good programs or, you know, they have great kids things. And when my preferences aren't met or maybe I get a little upset about something that uh, happened, then I'm going to leave and I'm going to go to the next cruise ship. You know? And so there's times where even there's some Christians that will jump from cruise ship to cruise ship all on one Sunday. They'll say, okay, I, I come here for the life group, and then maybe I go over here for the worship service. All right, so you have kind of a cruise ship type of mentality. If you look at the, the screen at the bottom left picture, uh, you see a battleship. All right, now, a battleship is obviously designed to engage in battle. All right? In a war, this is the battleship. They're going to fire the guns and shoot the missiles from the ship. All right, well, you have battleship type churches. Now, a battleship church is way better than a cruise ship church, all right? I'll start with that. But a battleship church says, all right, we engage in mission, and what we celebrate in mission is our programs, our numbers, all right? So the main way that we're going to do mission out of a battleship type of church is through our activities, our events, our programs. And what can happen in a battleship type church is where the people will say, okay, that's why we pay you as staff to go fight the battle, and we're going to watch. The third type of ship is the bottom right. It's an aircraft carrier. Now, if you know anything about aircraft carriers, aircraft carriers are also engaged in battle, just like a battleship would be, but a little different. An aircraft carrier, they don't necessarily shoot the guns and the missiles from the aircraft. What happens in an aircraft carrier is they're designed to equip those planes that are on that deck to take off to go do the battle elsewhere. So if you think about an aircraft carrier and the way it should relate to a church is a church is designed to equip you as this is your launching pad, if you will, for the rest of the week to go do the mission where God's called you to be. And so that's the type of church we ought to strive to be, is more of an aircraft carrier type of church. That this, you think about a Sunday morning, this is your launching pad into the next week. You're going to take off from here, and where you are this week and where you're going to be, that's your mission field. That's where you go do what God's calling you to do. And so I brought you to John chapter 20 here at the end of Vacation Bible School, and I knew we had Melissa coming in this morning, and and so that's why I kind of punted from 1 John and brought you here, because in verse Verse 19 through 23, you're going to see Jesus tell the disciples to do something and give them a commission that still applies to us. So let's pick up in verse 19. It says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. So as we pick up in verse 19, we see a couple of things about the context of this event. And remember, whenever you jump into your Bible reading, you always want to frame that in the proper context. Because when you're trying to understand what it means, context is always king. And so what you want to do, since I dropped you at the end of the chapter, is you want to kind of back up. And so let's just kind of scope out 
pull back a little bit and see what's going on around verse 19. Well, in chapter 19 is the crucifixion of Jesus. Chapter 20 is the resurrection of Jesus. So when you come to verse 19, John says it's the first day of the week. Right? So that's Sunday. It's night of that day. And he says something very interesting. He says, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week. And when you read that, your mind should go, what does he mean by that day? Right? It's Sunday night, but what's important about that day? See, it's Resurrection Sunday is what he's pointing us to. It's the day that Jesus rose from the grave. It's the day that, that God said, hey, I'm going to display all my power for all of humanity from that point until now. That I have the power and the ability to raise Christ and Christ will never die again. That this is my power, this is my resurrection power that I have. And if you stop and think about that, if God has the power to raise Jesus from the dead, God has the power to forgive you of your sin. God has the power to forgive your sickness, you know, heal your sickness. God has the power to answer the prayer request you're praying about. God has this power. And so here's Christ. He appears before the disciples. The text says they're in fear of the Jews. They're behind locked doors. And notice what Jesus says in verse 21. It says, Jesus again said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. See, he greets them with peace, actually twice in the text, verse 20, verse 21. He uses this term, peace. Peace be with you. And what Jesus is saying is, listen, I'm bringing you God's peace. I'm bringing you God's blessing. I'm bringing you God's favor. And one of the reasons that Jesus came to this earth was to bring peace. Now, you might think, well, what? Peace with what? I mean, there's countries still fighting today, right? Well, who, whose peace did he bring? Why did he bring peace? What kind of peace did he bring? He brought this kind of peace. He brought peace to have the ability to be with peace with God. Because we remember in the Bible, it tells us that in the very beginning, everything was perfect. Man was at peace with God. But because man sinned and you sin and I sin, now there's a disruption in that peace. Right? There's a disruption in the relationship. There's a disruption within the fellowship with God. And it's only Jesus that reconciles us back to God. And Jesus says, I can reconcile you in a relationship with God. That means salvation. I bring salvation to you. Your sins are forgiven. You have life with God now for all of eternity. But as Christians, we know we still sin. We still mess up. And then that disrupts the fellowship with God. But it's Christ that says, I bring peace. I'm reconciling you between man and God. So notice Colossians 1 in verses 19 through 20. It says, for in Christ... Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Christ to reconcile him to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And so God says, Jesus, I'm sending you to make peace. But you notice what he said to the disciples in verse 21? He says, peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. And the term sent there, it means to be sent with a purpose or goal. Parents, do you send your kids on task all the time? And stop and think about that. Do you send your kids out on a commission? Sure you do. 
I am sending you, I commission you, go take out the trash. Right? You've given them a commission. I am sending you with this goal in mind, take out the trash. I'm sending you to go clean up your room. I'm sending you to go, you know, empty the dishwasher. We do this all the time. We are a people that commission. Why? Because we've been commissioned. And in the Christian life, we have this commission. Jesus says, listen, guys, this is the pattern. God sent me, and now I'm sending you. And what do you and I do? Well, we, we extend the offer of peace. right? We cannot reconcile man with God. We can't take away people's sins, but we can say, hey, I know someone who can. And I'm just sent as a messenger, as an ambassador, 2 Corinthians 5.20 is going to say, to extend that offer to you. And so not only does Jesus give you, gives me, gives every Christian, the disciples, that commission as I've been sent, I'm sending you. Notice what happens next is he resources us for this commission. Verse 22 says, and when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Right? Now, when he did that, some of you are already thinking, well, hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. Is this, are they getting like double Holy Spirit here? Because I know later in my Bible, in Acts chapter 2, we have this thing called the day of Pentecost where Peter's standing up preaching and the Holy Spirit comes. So what's going on in John where Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit and he breathes on them when Peter really gets it all the way in Acts 2? And if your mind's already thinking that, that's a great question. Thanks for asking and I'm going to answer it for you. Essentially, Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you a foretaste of what's about to happen. Hey, guys, remember back in John 14, a few days earlier, I said I was going to ascend to the Father, and and Thomas was all just going nuts over there, thinking, what in the world's going to happen? You know, and you guys were questioning, why are you leaving? Why are you going? Why are you going to ascend to the Father? And guys, remember, I told you when I ascend to the Father, another helper's going to come. And I'm going to indwell you with the Holy Spirit. You guys remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Okay, I'm just going to give you a little foretaste of what that's going to be like. That's verse 22. And then in verse 23, he ends up, after he commissions them, resources them, he says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold the forgiveness from any, it's withheld. Now, be careful with verse 23. Because we can misread that and think that we have the ability to forgive people's sins. Would be kind of a cool thing to have, but would also be very dangerous, right? Can we admit that as a group? That would be pretty dangerous if I had the power to forgive you of your sins. Amen? Okay. Oh, wow, some of you were like, oh, wait, you want me to have that power. I thought I'd get a bigger response. I mean, you know, you think about that if, see, now you're going to make me tangent on this, so I make sure you get this point. Because I think some of you are thinking it would be pretty cool to have that. That would be bad. Someone cuts you off in traffic, you no longer have forgiveness of sin. You're out. You're in the grocery store line, the sign says 15 items or less. You clearly have like 45 you no longer go to heaven, all right? You now start to agree with me this would be bad if we had this ability, right? Amen? Okay, there you go. All right. What is he getting at in verse 23 is simply this. We share the message. 
I know someone by the name of Jesus. If you go to him, he has the power and the ability to forgive you of your sin. He can do that. But if you don't go to him and you don't believe in him, then your sin is not forgiven. So notice the pattern in verse 21. Jesus says, as I've been sent, I send you. I resource you for this mission. You have the Holy Spirit. So as a believer in Jesus Christ right now, you have the Holy Spirit. He's your power to be able to do what God's calling you to do. And you have a simple message to share. It's Jesus for salvation or it's, you know, you don't believe Jesus. There's no salvation. So that's why we say here at Heights, our mission is to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. We want to live as people who are sent because we are sent people. We want to be an aircraft carrier to where you go out and you launch out in the mission that God's called you to have wherever you are. And so in order to live that out, we say there's four ways uh, we want to live out our love and lead plan. I'm going to give them to you very quickly. Number one, we want to be a church that serves. We want to be a serving church. So one thing we need to constantly remember and keep in our minds is our community does not exist for Heights Baptist Church. Heights Baptist Church exists for our community. So God did not put all the people around us in order to say, all right, you make Heights bigger. God put us here to help all the people around us. So that's why this year we have a goal of you as a congregation serving 5,000 hours of service within our community. Now that's going to look very different for a lot of you. Yet mentoring program, all right, there, there's one way you can do that. You do that through the Meals on Wheels, Pregnancy Center in Friendswood, Hope Dental Clinic, helping a neighbor out, going out as a life group and serving and, and doing something as a group. Whatever that looks like, whatever God's calling you to do, you can serve. But we also want to be a sharing church. All right, so we don't want to just be people who know good news. We want to be people who share good news. So that means as a church, we want you to share. We want you to invite people to our services because here we preach the word of God. And, and we're just going to go through text of the Bible. And we're going to say, here's what God's word says. All right, so we say, hey, as our goal, we want to see 3,000 people invited to our services this year. We want you to have 500 gospel conversations. A gospel conversation is maybe you get a chance to share the gospel, you know, all about the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Maybe you get in a conversation like I had this week in the checkout line at Kroger, and I got a little chance to start sharing the gospel, but I didn't have time to go all the way through it. And I, you know, I got a chance to talk about God, a little bit about Jesus, a little bit about my faith, but didn't get all the way through the talk. All right, that's still a gospel conversation. We want you to have that. We want you to be able to go out and talk to people. Well, third, we want to be a connecting church. So that means we want to connect you in life groups. Our life groups meet at 9 o'clock. Those are opportunities for you to pray, study the Bible, connect with other people in a smaller group. And so our goal this year is to have 65% of our worship attendants connected in a life group. And finally, we want to invite you to engage. We want you to be engaging in your spiritual life. So we want to help you read your Bible, pray, share your faith. We want you to grow in that. And so when you think about that, and I know I threw a lot of numbers at you real fast, we're not about the numbers. We're about helping you in faithfulness. We want to help you become faithful followers of Jesus Christ. And so sometimes I get asked, why in the world do we have a numeric goal on all those things? 
Well, I'm a pretty goal-oriented person, and here's a motto I live by. If you aim at nothing, guess what? You're going to hit nothing. And a surefire way of failing is to aim at nothing, all right? And so what you need to do is to say, all right, where am I going to be this week? What is the the spots you're going to be this week? And I want you to just start thinking about this with me, okay? So today you're, you're launching off the aircraft carrier. You're about to leave in a few moments, and you're going to be in your mission field. What does that look like? Where are you going to be tomorrow? Where are you going to be this week? For some of you, you're going to say, all right, maybe my mission field's at home. I've got kids. I've got grandkids. I've got neighbors around me that don't worship God, that don't go to church anywhere, that don't know Jesus. Okay, there's, there's part of your field. Some of you are going to be at work. You're going to work out at your gym. You're going to go to the grocery store, the same grocery store you've been going to for 15, 20 years. You're going to see the same checkout person over and over and over and again. We go on Saturday mornings, me and James, strategically before 8 o'clock. One, because there's not a lot of people there. But we also go strategically before 8 o'clock because there are two lanes open on Kroger on a Saturday morning before 8 o'clock. Lane 14, self-checkout. Guess what? By having him with me, I'm like the superstar of Kroger on Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock. Because having my son with autism there who will screech and shout and run up and down the aisles at times and break a pickle jar recently on the pickle aisle. and <laughs> Picked one up and dropped it and he said, mess. Like, yep, buddy, that's a mess. Thank you for that. Dad will now go with humility to the manager and say, you got to clean up on the pickle aisle. I got a chance to talk with Morgan this past week. Morgan bags our groceries pretty much every Saturday morning, right? See, the same cashiers, the same bag baggers, the same stock people. Why? That's a part of my mission field. That's a part of my regular rhythm of where I am. So you just stop and think about where is the mission field God is about to launch you out to this morning. And let me ask you this final question. How are you living a life? That represents being sent by Jesus. In that field where you're going to be, how are you living a life that represents being sent by Jesus? Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. On Sunday mornings, we have life groups for all ages at 9 a.m., followed by worship service at 10.30 a.m. For more information about how to support the ministry of Heights Baptist Church, go to heightschurch.org slash give.